Hello, friends. Nico here from the Geek Cast Live, and you are proudly listening to the Movie Podcast Network. Hey there, Cartoon Joe here. If you like what we do, head on over to Patreon.com for special extras and crispy num-nums that you can get for just a few dollars a month. That's Patreon.com slash GeekCastLive. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to comment, like, review, leave cynical comments, or call Nick mean names. He likes when you do that. Like books? Hate to read? Have ears? Like to listen? Well, we have a solution. Audible.com, where there's over like a million or something books that you can listen to with your ears. Go to audible.com slash geekcastlive for a nice kick in the pants. We'll do it live! It's a trap! the darkest timeline i'm your host gcr and with me as always rob bass and cartoon joe and i didn't say what the episode was because we aren't sure anymore it's but that's okay it's like fine. you said it's the darkest timeline i think <laughs> it is the darkest timeline <laughs> some grim grim florps got a hold of it and they got some... they sold it off to some floopy snoops and for, for some, for some bl- gagus involved. Yeah. For a lot of gugas. A lot of blimflarks transacted Ooh, throughout the whole thing. <laughs> oh. Shrimply pimples. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, how are you guys? Good? Excellent. Another man. week? I, yeah. I just came back from a vacation. I, uh, I may or may not have broken one of my uh, toes whilst trying to climb a dinosaur over the weekend. So it was a great That's, time. Uh, <laughs> I, I too have been doing Michael Crichton-esque things. Really? Yeah, well, yeah. I've been watching, I've been watching. Building nanobots? Mm. Have you? I've been, I've been unzipping my arm and finding cameras in there. Interesting. Ah. Weird. Terminal Man. Is that Terminal Man? Uh, what do you think of Old Westworld? I really like it. It's the Dark Tower movie I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry for you that that was such a... Just such a, a shot in the knee. Just a was poopy, really poopy pants is what that was, and I'm so sorry for you. It's fine. I'd... I'm young. It'll... It'll get remade in in five years. Cause a wheel. Yeah, but Ed Harris probably won't be around for it, so. Mm, Touche. At the rate of of celebrity death. Yeah, we've lost lost Kyle Petty. Tom. Yeah. Tom, I think. Tom Petty. Former NASCAR driver Kyle Petty. The other, (laughs) yep. That was a real heartbreaker. Ooh. See that was that was funny. That was funny. Do you know why that was funny, or did you say it on purpose? Because he uh, was an Indiana boy from uh, those Indiana nights. Uh, no, I didn't. I, okay. I I just stole that joke from somebody else. Oh well, that was his band. It was Tom Petty gotcha. and the Heartbreakers. 
So the fact that he died of like cardiac arrest. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. That's a full amount of irony. I think we also I lost thought he died from being unplugged recently. Since we were last. Well, he. What was that? I said I think we also lost Hugh Hefner since uh, the last time we, we were did. On the show. We did lose Hugh. So. Um, I'm more sad the, over the, the quality of articles Petty. are going to go way down. Way remember when down. Playboy? Remember when Playboy took all the nudes out, and they mm-hmm. they they went they were Tent. just going to be a, and it lasted like less than a year. Mm-hmm. It only really lasted a couple of months, didn't that. it? Like if yeah, that, it was it was a it was a it was flash a, in the pan. Yeah, very yeah. very brief time. <laughs> it was not really <laughs> the brightest move, I wouldn't think. Oh shit. They so anyway, them. other things happened, but I don't want to talk about them. I don't either. They were very sad. Um, I want to talk about as I want to be as happy as I can be during the darkest timeline. That sounds like a good plan. That makes sense, actually. All right, go. Uh, um. <laughs> so Rick. Rick and Morty just ended, and I don't. We that's probably not, that's not a happy start, thing. Who the fuck? We are probably you? shouldn't start the show here because it's really what we're going to talk about all day. And if a show normally lasts an hour, that means we got to put fifty minutes into Rick and Morty, which I think we could. No, we oh, easily. I uh, th- this is a challenge at this point. Rob, Rob and I do that on a weekly basis, just in text messages. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers, you have my number. <laughs> Touche. Frick. Fair. No, that's fine. Keep it to yourself. It's the darkest timeline. <laughs> so I have I have some questions. We just weren't sure if you were like one of those Peruvian mind parasites or whatever they are. <laughs> we figured you looked into the eyes of the truth tortoise and so we didn't need to include you. Uh, you figured I have I just I've experienced true level yeah, and nothing well, else is right. <laughs> nothing else. We've been trying to way. pull you off that platform for like a month now. So lambs to the cosmic slaughter. <laughs> oh, oh, so God. good. So, so this, good. This this season was interesting to me because it um it really had a a very cohesive theme i felt it did compared to the other the the, the first two seasons which were quite a bit more scattered and eclectic yeah this this season and it is something that i have been thinking about and then and then joe you shared with us that video um explaining the abc's of beth episode mm-hmm. which was the uh, uh the penultimate episode of season 3 and this season was all about choice um but i also think it was a little bit about like free will Mm, mm -hmm. maybe the maybe the uh either the absence of or the um or the overwhelming burden pointlessness thereof yeah oh burden burden thereof works too i like that burden works and 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 it, it actually started i started like I started asking myself a lot of questions, and this is so weird because it's a fun cartoon show, right? Right. But I think the, I think that's a good place for us to go ahead and explain to some of our listeners who haven't watched Rick and Morty, or uh, Nick, who's going to listen to this but still hasn't fucking watched Rick and Morty, um, a, a little bit to a little bit about it. So it's uh it's it's basically like started off as a romp comedy, uh, 
there was a parody of something like Back to the Future. Uh, you've got this little boy, his name's Morty. Uh, he follows around his genius uh, grandfather figure, uh, who, who is his grandfather. Uh, his name's Rick. And this guy. <laughs> you're such a grand. You know what? I, you're I, really grandfather recursive figure. there. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, and they go on all of these uh, high, high sci-fi rigmarole, like just crazy, ridiculous adventures that are somehow like the most emotionally involving uh, roller coaster rides that you're ever going to go through. Uh, and it's it's fucking brilliant. Uh, it's created by Justin Roiland, Dan Harmon, uh, Dan Harmon, who also did Community and uh, Harmontown and other things that Dan Harmon did. And uh, from there, I think we could... one or whatever. Yeah, sure. Twin 101, Peaks. whatever it was. That's where they met. Was on Harmon's uh, uh, variety show, clip show festival. Like weekly get together and see what you guys have come up with. Shtick. And then they became like each other's muse. Mm-hmm. In a weird way. Understandably. Um, like if you look at those two together, you're just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, they seem like they were college roommates who, like, they made ramen in the coffee pot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of hot Kool-Aid. <laughs> A lot of hot Kool-Aid. Yuck. I made this for you! <laughs> Thank you. Uh. Try my Kool-Aid, brother. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's what that's from. Sorry. I totally spaced that. Oh, shit. Dan Harmon's like the the roommate that's like easily like twenty or thirty years older than than Justin Roiland though, like Justin Roiland's like fresh faced out of like I don't know preparatory school. school yeah and then Dan Harmon is the guy who needed a roommate really bad right, <laughs> right. so he just said like <laughs> fine I'll let the fr- I'll let the freshman sleep on the couch right <laughs> the the interesting thing to me. Like one of the questions that I was asking myself is who is the villain of Rick and Morty? Who's the bad guy? Like I, the, the overarching villain or like of the season? Let's, let's I, look at the series in its entirety right now. Gotcha. Rob, it sounds like you have thoughts. Uh, so I, I do have some. Uh, I, I think ultimately there isn't necessarily like an overarching villain. But if there is an antagonist, somebody who is constantly challenging, uh, if Morty would be our pro- protagonist in this story, I'm really sh- like certain that Rick's the antagonist. He's constantly like trying to split the family up and push down into great Morty and push him like through all of these crazy like boundaries. Uh, making him cross all of these lines that a person normally shouldn't or, or wouldn't uh, go across. Uh, I think the episode that really, really kind of like reasserted that opi- like opinion in my and me was the uh, was the Vindicators episode. Vindicators mm. two or Vindicator just like the one where they. The, the the one where he kills all the vindicators. Okay, was there was there ever a, a vindicators one episode? Because I don't ever. <laughs> no, I, I don't recall no, that. Okay, no, thank you. No, no that's, that's the thing. That's a joke. I like. I kept like watching that, and I was like, oh, I just like presume that we're rolling with this, and then 
for some reason, it Vindicators specifically blew up. And I was really certain that there was like a lost episode that I was just really missing out on. But anyway, yeah, no, the episode where he goes through and kills off all of the space superheroes that are Morty's heroes and idols. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Rick's a fucking dick. Well, and even even like the uh, uh, the 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 premiere episode of this series, this season, um, where he's describing, I, I I just made myself the 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 de facto patriarch of this family and the universe. <laughs> and if you try to tell your mom about it, I, they're they're not going to believe me because I'm a hero, Morty. Like. <laughs> Only only the villain of the story would say, I'm the hero, therefore I can get away with whatever I want. So you're saying that's why, you're saying Rick is the, he's the antagonist. He's the villain. I think so. Yes. I would, I would agree with that. See, but on the other hand, he, he's, he constantly saves the day. I think he does it because it's convenient for him, though, not because it's the right I, thing to do. I would but also it's, agree it's, with it's that. It's not convenient for him because, I mean, just just look at the episode. Just look at the uh, uh, the Morty's Mindbenders episode or Mindblowers episode. It's not convenient for him to reset their reality when he talks to the squirrels. That's true. There's no convenience in it. He's not... He's inconvenienced in Vindicators 3. Because it's I think it's actually Vindicators 3. Yeah. Yes. Because they find out during Vindicators. They, they skipped two Vindicators 2. They, or they weren't well, invited. They find out during Vindicators 2 that they weren't invited, so they're just doing Vindicators 3, which is so funny. Uh-huh. But that's a total inconvenience to him. Yeah, but I think it's not as inconvenient as changing universes. No, that's a total that's a that's a crazy inconvenience. So I don't think he. I, I, that's what I'm saying. It seems to me like he's, like he's not a good dude. He's like a. He's more of a antihero. Yeah. Than well, an antagonist. And and once again to return to the first episode of this season, I think I think Mortar nails it. He's not. He's certain. He's not a hero, but he's not really even a villain. He's more like a demon or a really fucked up god. Yes. <laughs> good point. I think I think that's the most accurate that you could ever get. <laughs> so I think it's I think like it's just I think the embodiment just... of like chaotic neutral. Like right. Rick Rick is the embodiment of chaotic neutral. Right. I think it's just as fair to say that he's the villain as or at least the antagonist as it is to say he's not the antagonist. And that's one of the things that's really interesting about this show to me is that it's it is so um it's such a miasma of morally gray area. There's right. there are very few, and and it does a really good job of showing how there are very few moral absolutes, um, if any at all. Especially when you when you totally move yourself out of of uh, um, a planetary mindset, if you will. That was that was almost too deep for this bourbon on ice. <laughs> did you say miasma? I did. Wow. I think I geek cast live first. <laughs> oh shit! Now, the, okay, so so we're we're in agreement that while Rick on the surface plays as the antagonist, he's really not a true antagonist, and I don't think that Morty's a true protagonist. Mm-mm. 
I think well, he's I mean, as you can, more, you I can think see that is with like through like the episodes like Look Who's Purging or uh, right or like the alternative like the alternative universe Evil Morty or, or the toxic episode or the toxic episode yeah where well, where what Morty gets rid of makes Morty. him what's that yeah healthy Morty thank you yeah where where healthy Morty's basically American Psycho yes is is Patrick Bateman mm-hmm. is uh. Now is, uh, we brought up the uh, fuck. Oh, we brought up Evil Morty. Hmm. Mm-hmm. They they dropped that episode in season three where he is now president of the Citadel. Mm-hmm. Are they setting up some sort of? It was that just a one-off, Harmon and Royland. We're just throwing this in there because that was another episode all about choice. I mean, it was literally about choice. It was about it was about them voting in choosing a new leader and for the first time ever choosing a Morty and choosing to, you know, it was about uh, the Ricks choosing to not be, um, you know, the Rick who works on the assembly line choosing not to be that Rick. Um, uh, that was a episode wholly about choice. Are Harmon and Royland choosing to red herring us with Evil Morty? I'm or, not sure. Or what? Sorry. I, no. Or or is this going to be? Is this the setup for the? Are they setting up like a Rick and Morty endgame? Like, hey, we're not going to just keep chugging out Rick and Morty like The Simpsons, which has been on for like 75 years, or mm-hmm. Family Guy, which is almost past its fucking due. Um, we have a five series run of Rick and Morty. We're going to do setting up some sort of resolution and we're laying the seeds for that with evil Morty or what I could, I could very well see that because I, I, I see mostly like I see that being on Dan Harmon's part. I feel like he's too, uh, I want to use the word finicky, too finicky to, to stick around on a project for, for too long at any, at any given point. Um, so I could actually see them like planning, like while striking while the iron's hot, like planning ahead, making sure that they've got like a really, really like jam packed five season run and then killing it after that. And then just like killing it and burning it dead. And, and okay. So, and first of all, I think to answer, to answer your question, I, in my opinion, I hope so. I hope that's what they're doing. Um, one, because I'm really interested in that storyline and two, because the way that they, um, like 90% of the time in the show, when Rick says something to the effect of, and we're never going to have to deal with that ever again. Like the very first thing that happens next is that we deal with that thing again. Right. Um, and so, so hopefully that's, that's like the, the Royland Harmon, um, uh, we're setting things up. Also, uh, with how long it took them to put this out, and the and the uh, the Steiner remark from Summer at the end of of the Morty's Mind Blowers, and the the uh, the ending of of the season finale, where it's like we just reset to season one, only now it's going to be more streamlined. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a great. It, I mean, it wasn't great as in like fist pump, hug mm-hmm. your buddy. Great. It was right. great as in um, they did a good job of just resetting fucking everything right it's it's as if rick and morty went to a new reality 
without having to actually go to a new reality. Right, right. So it was and, just and, a reset. And and to and to to get to the idea of a, a five season thing, how nice would that be? I mean, like I, I was, I'm I'm five episodes into the ten episode first season of Westworld, and um, I'm sure they're going to set things up for a second season, and that's going to be fantastic. But like I'm watching it, and I I I'm halfway through, and I just want it to be a perfect in and out one season thing right now because it's so good. And the idea that a second season could even come as close to as good is nonsense to me at this point. Well, kind of like the young Pope. Yeah. It was out on HBO. It was just a uh, eight episodes mm-hmm. or, or kind of like how they handled true detective, mm. you know, where there's a second season, but it's, it's like, we, we're going to tell the story in one succinct, mm-hmm. put a pin in a deal. Um, yes, you know, shit, shit like that doesn't really bother me. I mean, it, it leaves you wanting more. I mean, I, it would suck if you had, I'm telling you now when Westworld ends, you're going to mm-hmm. be happy that more Westworld is coming. First of all, I think I'm sure. I'm Rob, sure. Would you, would you agree? I would absolutely agree with that. Okay. But I can see what you're saying where, um, I think Rick and Morty loses its panache. It loses its irreverency. If mm-hmm. it's Rick and Morty season 13 and right. how many times is this going to just like, Hey, guess what, everybody, they're going to reset their reality. Right. Hey, guess well, what, everybody, and, uh, Rick's going to use his portal gun again. Just a reminder, everyone, everything you care about is meaningless and nothing you do matters. Right. The, which the is, nihil- which is the the nihilism. all the time, right. which is fine. And, and like, Healthy nihilism, as we've seen from three episodes or three seasons, can be really interesting and and powerful to get into and watch. But like after a while, the same thing gets really I don't know. And and in our culture, I feel like um, like iPhone, for example, like we just we keep getting more of the same stuff. And there's like little tweaks so that we like buy into it again. But the the magic of having gone through an event and it happens only once, is gone. You, you can't do that anymore, it seems like. And so I, I would personally love the idea of they get to the end of the fifth season, they've wrapped things up well, and they walk away from it perfectly done. That would be a relief to me at this point. I would hate for it to go past its... I would hate for it to, to jump the shark. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I would hate for it to be like – I would hate for people to say like, well, Rick and Morty was really good for those four seasons and then, man, it just drug on. And right. it, like maybe the eighth season they should have ended it, but they went for 13 and, yeah. boy, that was just a – Harmon left and then they got somebody else to do people's voices and just, oh, what a terrible – Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. A quantity so, or quality. Which, one of the two. Which, one of those over Which the brings other. me – which brings me to another question. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the finale, and this was the ABCs of Beth. But is the Beth we saw at the end of ABCs of Beth and the end of the finale is that is that Beth, or is that clone <laughs> Beth? I don't know anymore. Man, I'm I'm pretty sure that it's clone Beth. Like, I want to think that Beth is too much her father's daughter to not take the opportunity to 
leave everything exactly well, the way that it is, but be able to go off and gallivant and do whatever she wants. Well, and not to mention going back to the carpet store that is Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and her... And her falling in love with Jerry again kind of reaffirms that for me. But that being said, mm-hmm. that could also just be some giant fucking Red mind game, right? Mind game that Rick's playing specifically so he could reset everything back to season one because he's breaking the fourth wall and can concoct plans like that. Exactly. Well, exactly. that's okay. So, that, so there's two things then. One, I don't think we'll ever find out. I could agree with that. I think, no, I don't think so either. I, and I don't think they should tell us. Mm-mm. Two. Could Rick be engineering some sort of perfect reality where he doesn't have to be nihilist, unloving, anti-hero Rick? Could he be trying to create a... Like, because you can't tell me he doesn't care. Cause, right. Because if, if he cared, he wouldn't have killed the alien that was going out to kill Jerry. Right. He just he just let the alien kill Jerry. Right. And whether he cares about Jerry or cares about um, the his grandkids. Of Jerry. Right. Or the ramifications of his, you know, like, like, I don't like Jerry, but boy, I'd hate to see my grandkids sad because their dad died. Right. Whatever it is, he doesn't not care. As much as he says he doesn't care, right? Or he, or he does care, or he does not care, but it makes his life easier for there to be a Jerry. Therefore, he is creating a reality wherein the Jerry that's in that reality is the Jerry he wants in that reality, so mm. he can just continue. He's that's what, is he building his perfect reality? Hmm. I don't know. And I feel I, like he would get bored with that though. Like and I and I could only imagine him knowing he would get bored with that. See, but we also don't know we don't know his we don't know his backstory. Mm-mm. No, and we know we know from uh the the time that Morty spent at Bird Persons and from the uh the clips that we got during the first episode uh, that we were introduced to Evil Morty in. Um, that Rick, this, this particular Rick really cares about, um, at least one version of Morty. Correct. Um, we don't know that this is that, that the Morty that he's attached himself to is the same Morty at all, but we know that at some point in the past, Rick did care about a Morty. This Rick cared about a particular Morty. We also know that his, uh, what I mean, wubba lubba dub dub, isn't that like my soul is tormented? Please kill me. Right. It's I uh, mean he's yeah. I'm in great I'm pain. In great please pain. help me. Yeah. Right. He's so there's. I'm I, I'm wondering if he either did clone Beth and let Beth go, and so now the Beth that's there is a content Beth that is going to bring back in Jerry, and then he's gonna he's gonna reset. The, the nuclear family into being some sort of cohesive unit because he actually does want that. Or if he mind fucked Beth into thinking that he could, not that he couldn't clone her, but that he could, uh, like that could be your answer. And instead she chose just to be 
a mom and a, a wife and be content with that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It seems to me like he's engineering his perfect reality that he doesn't have to flee from again. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just seems that seems really. I could see that, especially when you consider like this, this whole episode wrapped everything up really nicely. Yeah. Um, especially in terms of like pretending to be fly fishing, Rick to, to lure the president uh, into being like, ah, oh, it's fine. We're How friends. How great again. was that by the way? Oh, that was brilliant. So good. Right, but why would Rick do that? Exactly. Exactly. Unless you're right. Unless unless he is engineering his perfect reality. Or this isn't Rick 137, uh, C-137 in this last episode. I could also there's also that. There's also that. This was a completely different Rick. Man, Which is... So. Man, fuck this show. As much as I love right. this show. Right. Well, because it also makes you... Because, you know, when Morty talked to the squirrels, right? Or when right. Morty listened to the squirrels that was at a point was that did that happen before or after uh rick potion number nine i think it had to happen after because of of the uh rick saying i told you we could only do this three or four more times right or a couple so that more means times. that means that from the episode uh Remember the episode where Morty went upstairs and told Summer that she can't just leave and he eats breakfast 20 yards away from his dead body that he buried mm-hmm. in the backyard? Oh, yeah. Yep. That, that summer is not the same summer we've seen in season three. Right. Because they would have had to have, the squirrels made them reset their reality to another reality with a different Jerry and a different Beth and a different summer. And so we've seen at least three different summers. Right. Oh, easily at least three. Yeah. So, the, I mean, is that not? First of all, it's genius. <laughs> Second of all, it's brilliant that they never fucking address it. They make us sit here and talk about the the implications of uh, Dan Harmon just did an interview where he talked about how it's okay to obsess over the show that the show is made to obsess over. Uh huh. So they, they basically do, they do a clip episode, which is what Morty's Mind Blowers is. It's right. unused. It's unused ideas and clips that they have that they couldn't fit into other shows. Mm-hmm. So they do a they do a clip episode, but in a in a in a throwaway episode to used footage to use used footage. Right. They they make some extremely shocking implications. And that is, that's a Morty's mind blower. Right. Well, and, and and should we read into it? Or should we take Rick's advice and not think about it too much? Uh, because it's really just a freeform analogy, or a freeform anthology. And and reading into, into it too much defeats the point. How do you not read into the fucking thing? <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you. I'm just saying. I'm fucking, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the show and I actually watched it by myself, which I normally do. And then I make Natalie watch him. I make my wife watch him because I insist that she watches the smartest show on television. Yeah. Does she enjoy it at all yet? She hates it. Ah, Every every fucking second of it, she hates it. Uh, And she may hate it because I'll like, like. Laugh about something. I know she hates it because of me and I feel bad. 
But uh-huh. I'll like like when the squirrel thing happened, I paused it and I was like, you know, that means that they've reset their reality, which means that summer that you're going to see at the end of the episode isn't the same summer we watched back in season two. Oh, you go all like, OG on her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I come by it. I come by it honestly. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> You know what I'm surprised we didn't get more of by the end of the episode or by the end of the season though was uh, Phoenix person. Yeah, I'm like I'm really really surprised we didn't get any more Mecha Phoenix person. I wanted to know more about Phoenix person. I wanted to know uh, the fact that we didn't see Mister Poopy Butthole until the very end of the very end <laughs> of this season. That still makes me fucking Mr. <laughs> Poopy Butthole. Now, that's I don't know what his is, first name is. Is his name like George Poopy Butthole? I was going to say, I bet it is It is as plain Jane, like white guy. It's like Craig. Paul. Right. Yeah. It's Aaron. Right. What is the best, what's the best first name for Mr. Poopy Butthole? Mm. Brent. Oh, Brent's Chad. A good one. Chad. Chad. <laughs> That's a really good one. Chaz. Chew, Chaz. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Chaz, poopy butthole. 70s Charles. <laughs> poopy butthole. 70s Charles. What a great is superhero. That, is that one word for the first name, or do you hyphenate that? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hyphenated because it's, it's a feminist show. It's, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, it's seven zero apostrophe S C H A Z. Seventies Chaz. Love it. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Fucking brilliant. This show is brilliant, and I, I'm glad right, that you so, talked me into it. So, so that being said, what were your guys' personal favorites from this season? Or, or what was the weirdest one? Let's do that. Personal favorite, and then what was the weirdest one for you? Oh, that's really hard. I loved Vindicators 3. Vindicators was it good. It was really good. I really liked it. I loved uh, Noob Noob. <laughs> God Noob. damn. God damn, Rick. I think it's so funny. I love, um, I love how that episode... Not only dealt with toxic relationships, but it it was also it also dealt with like uh, like America's need to love the celebrity. Yes. Yes. And um, it was almost like uh, it was almost uh, American Gods in that way to me. Mm. In in that the Vindicators were the the Vindicators were Morty's. Uh, heroes and Rick's whole thing was Rick's whole thing was almost like stop making you've seen that mean like stop making stupid people famous mm-hmm. that's what Rick's thing was that whole fucking time like <laughs> why do yes. you like this guy he's, he's like oh let let me guess uh, he's gonna summon a ghost train <laughs> like one million ants <laughs> right right he, like he's a he's a million ants He's uh, uh, a crocubot, like that. It's like it, it's, it's the same thing. Like, 
like when I when I when I walk in the house and um, like Real Housewives of Atlanta are on TV, and I'm I I, I want to like break all the things because like why like that was that was what that episode was to me. It yeah. was it was Rick telling Morty like why do you idolize people that don't deserve it? Right. Quick uh, quick aside. Uh, is there a clip somewhere from a, a Rick and Morty clip show where it's the real housewives in a universe where they're actually houses? Oh man, that's a good one. Isn't there? there no, it's the, no, it's no. No, they, they were hunting. House, it was literal house, house hunters. House hunters. <laughs> I just got that. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to figure that out like for three weeks. It just now clicked. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> so that was my that was my favorite episode was uh Vindicators Three. Uh I think my favorite episode was the ABCs of Beth. I'm I'm I think I'm with you there. Yeah. I, it's really hard to choose because it could be the Rick Shank redemption, Rick Demption. Is it ABCs of Beth because it's it it involves incestual cannibalism? <laughs> Mostly because is I that, never thought that, that there was going is? to be a show that I really enjoyed that casually dropped that. It, uh, it made it a major story point for an episode. Like we all we're all okay with the. Uh, uh, the the like the the entertainment version of incest. I mean, we all have read uh, Song of Ice and Fire. We're right. all we, you know we've all seen Game of Thrones, and no one, you know, when I first read that Cersei and Jaime were banging, and it was like, well, that's fucked up. But I didn't like stop close reading the book. I didn't close the book and say like I do not condone incest, which <laughs> I don't. No, of course not. But... So so the incestual. The fact that Tommy banged the like the nerbles or whatever they are, what, right? Floopy characters. Floop the floopy characters, and then or Froopy. Sorry, it's with an R. And then had sex with his offspring is so funny to me. Only to but to I, eat them to sustain himself <laughs> in this makefully world. And what I love about it is that he subsists for 30 years mm -hmm. by doing the thing that his father is being executed for. Yes. How brilliant. Unbeknownst to him. To him. Yeah. And unbeknownst to his father, too. Right. And now, now think about that for a second. They had him. Tommy went missing and the cops had to do an investigation and decide that it was Tommy's dad. And when they said, but where's the body? Someone said, you know, he probably ate him. That's why there's no body. And everyone had to buy it. The prosecution successfully convicted Tommy's dad of cannibalism with zero proof. <laughs> Think of that for a second. Yep. Also, you know, I can no only that imagine that it was casually Rick who said that, though. Like that initially, like the the police knock on his door. He's too busy to do, like. I probably ate him. Probably, probably killed him and ate him. <laughs> and they were like, "Oh my god, 
You know, that's plausible, Mike. He is better, the smartest man in the town. We better go arrest the man. You're under arrest for killing and eating your son. What do you mean? I'm heartbroken that I haven't... My son's been missing for years. I certainly didn't eat him. Well, nope. And like, like, uh... There was no resolution to that storyline, really, either. Because, like, <laughs> if you killed an ape Macklin... Do you think if Macklin suddenly showed up on your door 30 years later, your wife wouldn't still be divorced to you? No, yes. I agree with you. Now that we're going down some bizarre hypotheticals. I'm just saying, like, like the way that it showed up at the end and the fact that Beth and Rick were invited along to right. be, hey, let's convince him that, that Tommy's alive and stop the execution without a judge's order. Like, <laughs> no, stop the execution because the executioner just happened to look through the window and saw that there was a guy there who vaguely resembled an, what an older Tommy would look like, as if this guy would know what young Tommy looked like in the first place. Like, geez, I, uh, your shirt says your dad didn't eat you, and you kind of look like the guy on the table here. Hmm. Pardoned. <laughs> Stay the Stay the execution. Amazing. Uh, no, I just I, I loved um, I loved that we got all this character development for a character who's basically been a background character. Who the only other thing we know about her is that she steals horse hooves from work and makes sculptures with them. Because <laughs> she's having and a really hard time, a, and she wants to be a real doctor. Right. She is like, a real doctor. Are, that's Jerry. all we know about her. Well, here's check this out too. Here's the other thing we learned in that episode: the gestational period of a fruity person is, is like it's instantaneous. <laughs> Tommy oh. has sex with the fruity animal and immediately creates some sort of other fruity animal. How how adorable and deeply deeply disturbing was that play? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that little, that little adorable, like, and <laughs> like incestuous born fruity baby, whose <laughs> eye stalks are just penis shafts. Yep, <laughs> veiny, knobby, all the fruity people, <laughs> all of their eyes are dicks. Yep, <laughs> and some of them have like testicle chins and testicle cheeks. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I saw Jowls. at least one person who had like testicle shoulders uh-huh. or scrotal, really scrotal shoulders. Prefer the alliteration. Band I was in in high school. And when Beth comes back, there's like a plate of like meat that looks exactly like a cartoon like side of ham. Uh huh. I'm just... pretty sure I've seen that exact same cut of meat in How This Grinch Stole Christmas. Yes. One hundred percent correct. It's amazing that show. That episode has implies so much. Here's the other thing that I was just thinking of that, that is, uh, um, the Vindicators are a, are an intergalactic group of superheroes mm-hmm. who don't who are not familiar with Earth because they 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 don't know what Israel is even though they go on a Rick goes on a rant about Israel. Mm-hmm. They don't know where Israel is. Therefore they don't understand what earth is. So but they're intergalactic. Yep. It's a big universe, I guess. Is it, is it weird to anybody else? I don't know. 
I didn't even think about that. I was just I just accepted it. <laughs> so fucking weird, man. To be I never fair, thought about on a scale that big, that's like me knowing a town in the middle of Russia. Except like the name of it and anything more than that. Like just a right. middle of like like I don't know, let's go. Let alone the the socio-political consequences of a town in Right, in, in the middle of nowhere, Russia. Right. That's a good Wait, point. Aren't, aren't you from Russia? Lizgovdia, but... <laughs> Isn't that what... No, that's Sarkovia. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where the Accords took place. I did a whole thing by myself. Uh, I'm trying to think, what else? See, but the ABC's The Beth was really good. I think it's the episode that I've seen the most at this point, other than the first episode of the season. Because I, um, I just keep going back to it. It is it is both the best episode, in my opinion, for this season. Like, my favorite episode. And it is also just, like, the weirdest and most disturbing. The only one right. that I... The only other one that I think could, like, hold a candle to being the most disturbing was the... Uh, the, uh, the toxic... The toxic episode. Yes! Yes. Like, that one was... That was equally oh, just really The scene... The scene when Toxic Rick uses the Moon Tower, which I didn't know Moon Towers were a thing uh, until I Wikipedia'd them after the episode. Um, he flips the switch and all of those different scenes happen. And I think my favorite one is the one that lasts the shortest. It's the picture of the people. It's it's the people are eating at like Panera and Subway and they run out. The people in Panera run out and go into the Subway. The people in Subway run out and just start eating right out of the trash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the best part about subway too watching the watching the sociopath make your sandwich uh-huh <laughs> it's great oh god there are a few people who can prepare a better sandwich though than a sociopath well especially a sociopath who fancies themselves a sandwich artist right <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's two birds, one stone. Picasso-ian. Well, they're good at faking what it's like to have a good sandwich. So who was your favorite, who was your favorite, like, uh, tertiary character of season, of season three? Mm. Like, I would say, like, of, like, of season one for me, it's Bird Person. Right. He's my favorite other character. I think mine is Linkler in the first season. Aberdolf? Aberdolf Linkler. Is Crumbopulous Michael first season oh, or second? Least, I don't remember. I think he might be second, actually, because that's the season that farts in it. I mean, that's the same episode, but I'm pretty right. sure it's up season two. Uh, so who's what your, season, what episode who's your favorite season three? Morty Night Run. That is season two. Ooh, my favorite in season three. Um, Such a hard choice. My, my knee jerk is that, that uh, gal that Jerry's dating. I can't remember her name offhand. Yeah, the, 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 the hunter. You yeah, I don't she, remember either. But guess what she has two of. I hate to see her lo- leave, but I love watching her face shift away. He's the best. <laughs> um, my favorite, my favorite, 
secondary character of season three. Uh, Garment District Rick. <laughs> I love, uh, uh, you know, I can't say I love him if I can't remember his name. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The world where uh, it's it's the one that's like the, the whirly-durly. Yes! Oh, Risotto. He's the one who no. wants. He's the one who wants Rick killed. Mm-hmm. Right. He puts. He puts. Uh, he puts Jerry up for it. Or up to oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There comes a put, point in Never Man's life where he has to choose whether or not to stand up and be a man or resign himself to fate or whatever it is. Right. And then he puts his party hat on and goes and sings a birthday song, <laughs> <laughs> which you can hear faintly in the background if you listen also, closely. Also, maybe the darkest moment of all, all three seasons is in that episode. Yep. I think. I think it's Which one are you talking about specifically? It's the one where the you know how like that whole world has like the immortality shield? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's oh. the immort- immortality shield goes down and the two kids are playing and the brother like shoots the sister in the back of the head. Yep. As they the had sister, been doing the whole right, vacation. As they've been, exactly. And just playing because we can. We can actually kill each other here because we just instantly regenerate. Because the immortality force builds right. up, but this for that one time it was down, and he kills his little sister, and he actually stops and is like, like Susie, like or whatever, like, like, like Sarah, Sarah, you okay? It's so dark and <laughs> fucking sad and twisted. It's almost gut wrenching. It is. And then they that kid has to live the rest it. of his life knowing that he fucking killed his sister. Yep. At the immortality resort. Right, in like the immortality dome. <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous dark it really Brutal is stuff it really oh. is i thought i thought you'd go with jaguar <laughs> that's who it is it's jaguar You're... that's the best he's the best <laughs> the fact that and what's that does that episode end where uh what's the bad guy's name like crescendo concerto. or something oh, concerto, concerto. <laughs> And then Jaguar kills him, and then they nod, and he flies away. And then what does Rick – does he look at Morty and say, like, and that's why you go on adventures, Morty. That's why you don't go to therapy. Right, and yes, that's and... why you don't go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Because sometimes life comes up roses for Rick. And it, yep. and it, and it, validates, it validates everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's a story we'll never see. We'll never know where they are or – how Concerto and Rick have a long-running feud and how Concerto's finally going to get him. We'll yeah. never know that story. Or or why Jaguar was there. <laughs> right. Like, just out of nowhere. He just shows how? up and... How is another question. Yeah. Also, also, in the town that they live in, why is... Five, a five-minute helicopter ride away is like a maximum security Panamanian prison. <laughs> I don't know. Why does... Why... Yeah. <laughs> why? why? <laughs> it's because I throw away... throw halfway my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I throw halfway my sandwich. Oh, shit. That is fucking great. <laughs> Is because I throw halfway my sandwich. 
He calls from cold bowls of soup to steal the dreams of wasteful children. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite fake myth made up for the show, for sure. He crawls through cold bowls of soup to steal the dreams of wasteful children. <laughs> God, that's that sounds, good. That sounds like a myth you're like that, that the caveman would tell somebody. It sounds yes. like the myth, like my like if I had like a 103 year old Lithuanian grandmother, mm-hmm. like <laughs> like that's the story she told me. Right, it's like like old Nan tells the story of Solenia. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 like growing up. I was my my grandparents told me that if I ever raised my hand to my mom uh, when I died, my arm would stick up out of the ground and dogs would come pee on it. <laughs> what? Yeah, fun one. Uh huh. <laughs> my dad told me that if I rubbed raw meat on a wart and buried it in the backyard, the wart would go away. Yeah, I'm familiar with that one as well. Yeah, did you have to do that too? Did Uncle no. Kevin have you rub raw bacon on a wart and bury it in the backyard? No, nope. because throwing it in the trash, that wouldn't. It's all about burying it. It's all about the ritual. <laughs> Jesus, you've heard you've heard a little suck a thumb. Uh, yes, I can't remember anything about little suck a thumb. The, the cautionary tale there, where if uh, if you if you if you're a thumb sucker, then this guy who's like uh he'll he'll come and cut your thumb off with a sharp pair of scissors at night yep that's a yes that's a real cautionary tale there which is also coincidentally one of the main characters in uh one of my favorite books watership down yep (laughs) yep (laughs) with with hazel and bigwig little sucking thumb that went places. Uh, we covered some bases there. Hey, again, you know what else we did? What's that? Managed to talk about it for 50 minutes? 50 minutes Crushed of it. Rick and Morty. Crushed it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Ugh. Uh, it's such a great show. And I, I can't wait to see where we go next. So, so I just read this uh, recently, but there are rumors circulating around, as they do after uh, every episode of Rick and Morty. But uh, <laughs> because of the season finale and the, uh, the ending specifically involving Mr. Poopy Butthole, uh, there are some people stirring up the rumor tree saying that we may be getting a Christmas special. Ooh, Rick! So nice, well done. I could, yeah. But I could, I could totally fuck with a Christmas I, special Rick and Morty. I, I thought maybe the rumor was that they're just never doing Rick and Morty. They're, they're never doing it again. <laughs> that's the that's the rumor. They're actually like they're, they're actually already done. <laughs> Dan Harmon's already buried it. I'm just gonna be waiting for lit it. it poured gasoline go. all over it. Lit it on fire. He was bored. He just walked away. I kind of I kind of hope they have a Christmas special and it's uh all about Kwanzaa. Well, <laughs> I was thinking more that it it involves a uh, doctor the doctor's who. Ooh, like a doctor who Christmas special. Right. Only mm-hmm. with only with a, a live action Rick and Morty. Ooh. <laughs> like get like get Either Stephen Capaldi, Stephen Capaldi, yes. Peter Capaldi, 
<laughs> or no, Stephen or, uh, Colbert. It's Stephen right. Colbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen say... Colbert, who actually does the voice of Peter Capaldi's doctor. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> That's the name I was trying to think of five minutes ago. Willem Dafoe as Rick. Yes. And uh, and and Michael uh, Sarah. Michael Michael Sarah, or John Cena, as I almost said. Or John Cena, yes. Yeah, Michael Sarah is he is Morty, right? Living, breathing the whole. Or yeah. or Tom Holland. Tom Holland would be good, but I don't think he's as good as. Uh, well, yeah, he's what as John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> I'd stand by that. <laughs> you guys have heard that, right? Uh-huh. The prank, the prank call. Oh, yeah, yes, calling into Joe Joe Olstein or whatever his name is. No, 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 no. It's the one where they they keep calling the mom. Mm, no. To tell her she won something or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that one. Yes. John Cena. Fucking great. Actually, I'm with you though. Let's just get John Cena to play Morty. And he'll be he'll be John Cena, Morty, and I, we'll actually get like a line from from Willem Dafoe, Rick, who's like, "Oh yeah, come on, John Cena, Morty." <laughs> that would actually be magical. That's pretty funny, actually. You could just get, you could actually at any point just change them. Well, that's the fun part is when in the live action movie Rick and Morty, when they go to the Citadel where where there's all the different Mortys and all the different Ricks. Mm-hmm. The celebrity cameos there are just brilliant. Alec Baldwin more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, what's cool is it's just it's actually there's also just a ton of of uh, Michael Saras. Oh, yes. I was just say a ton of like like uh, background Andy Circuses. Well, as yeah. Morty's. you have to keep well, the, it's the, the, it's, the it's Michael Sarah in a cowboy hat. It's Michael Sarah in a um, <laughs> Chippendales <laughs> outfit. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is a good time. <laughs> and you just get Chris Parnell just he plays Jerry. Yes. Yes. It's the same. Yeah. It's just Well and and uh I can't remember who the voice of Beth is, but Sarah, Sarah uh, Chalk. Yeah. From uh, yeah. Scrubs. Scrubs. She, yeah. Who, she is Beth Smith. Yes. yes. You keep and even the, 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 the young lady who voices Summer. Yeah, you just keep grammar. Those those three just play their own roles, and mm-hmm. then it's Willem Dafoe as Rick, and Michael Sarah slash John Morty. Cena slash John Cena. They actually have to John, team up. They have to team up with John Cena, Morty. John Cena in a yellow shirt. <laughs> oh man! And what's great? And what's great is you could actually still get uh, you could still get the uh, the mask. Morty. Yes. <laughs> the Eric and Stoltz, do, and mask, Morty. Eric right. Stoltz, Eric mask, Stoltz Morty. mask Morty. And you could even get Doofus Rick, which uh-huh. is great. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I would love to see a live-action Rick and Morty. I really would like to see that. I think it would be truly magical. Lots of, C- lots of CGI. A yeah. real good Really, bomb. really bad CGI, though. Or yeah, please. Mock it. Mock it. Make it, like... I'd be even cool with uh, like going going the route that wrote the like route of yeah of of the OG Star Wars and like putting things on strings and using miniatures. 
or Flash Gordon. There we go. Like some really, nope. really great and terrible awesome. practical effects. Hitchhiker's Guide, but with the quality of like um, I can't think of the name of it. The one where they fight the bugs. The bugs are the bad guys. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. God, Thank yes. You. Yes. I kept getting space balls, and I'm like, no, wrong Close. sci-fi movie from my childhood. <laughs> With barf. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that would be great. I'm my own best friend. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh man. Hey, Joe. Yeah. yeah. What you geeking on this week? Uh, I am geeking on Westworld. In case that wasn't obvious. I'm just, it's so good. I'm, and I'm glad, like, I'm sad that I didn't watch it when everyone else was watching it, but I'm glad that I'm finally watching it. Yeah, I'm glad you're finally watching it, too. It's a, it's a, it's a must finally watch, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yes. I, yeah, I yeah. I wholly agree with that. Yeah. Well, it, it's just, it's a good show. Like, it, it could have been, like, overhyped. It could have been, like, I don't know. There are a lot of shows that that are good, but I'll probably never watch them again. This is really rewatchable. It um, really is. I've poured hours and hours and hours into it. Like it's, it's very very good. Yeah. So and like it's worth going back and analyzing. Like even the the musical cues and the um, camera shots that they ta- that they use. It's just. Oh yeah. I don't know, and the and the tangled weave of uh, timeline is is really delectable. Delectable yes. is the word I'm using. Yes. So, Westworld. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's never too late. Well, unless you die, and then then you missed it. But well, and let's. I mean, I'm probably gonna butcher this, but uh, is it Ramin Jawadi? Is that the guy who does the the Game of Thrones theme song and the Westworld theme song? Mm-hmm. I don't um, know, but sure. I don't think he, he just does the yeah. It's like Rowan. I think no, he's he, he's a he, he's he does, he does like, other things, but he he does the theme song. He created the theme song for both Game of Thrones and Westworld. Well, what I was saying was, I th- I'm fairly certain he's the composer for like the whole of the soundtrack for both oh, of those. Uh, very, uh, he, he most likely is, yes. Yes, like, uh, but but yes, I'm, I'm tracking. I, I love the Westworld. Bum, 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 bum. I fucking love it. It's so good. It hey, is you know haunting. I, you know what I'm realizing right now, too, is there's very little background music throughout the rest of the show. Well, except for when they're anywhere near that damn player piano at the brothel. Yep. Which... Which plays like a Pearl Jam. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. play like just like honky tonk old timey country western music. Right. It's yeah. It's playing yeah. Black Hole I've, Sun or right, or exactly, Paint it Black, it's Black or, Hole Sun. Yeah, I've also noticed that uh, the same theme always plays when we see Dolores, but not when we see other characters. I bet that song is but, called Dolores's theme. It probably is. But it's sense. just it's just really interesting, <laughs> and I'm 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 just so hooked. It's such a good show. Well played, um, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, hold anyway, on. hold on. What? I I bet it is called Dolores's theme. We'll find out. I'm sure it is. 
Westworld Dolores on YouTube. Hmm. But I haven't clicked it, so I don't I know. believe it's called Horses Theme. Oh, that would make sense. Is that what you typed or got autocorrected to? Holy fuck, that is loud. It is. Really? Was it really loud? Yeah. Truly. It wasn't loud. It wasn't loud for me. I'm sorry. It was powerful. <laughs> I, it's fine. I, it happens. I it felt happens it resonating. Like in your chest? Yeah. <laughs> I was feeling it in my ears. Ryan, what are you geeking on this week? Um, have you guys ever seen the, not the animated Hobbit, but the animated Lord of the Rings? I have not. It has been many moons. Many, I've seen parts of it. Many moons. The animator who did that was uh, Ralph Bakshi. Mm -hmm. And he did a movie called Wizards. Uh, yeah, back you in mentioned this earlier this week. I did. Um, uh, you guys need to um, scratch, claw, kick, whatever you have to do to uh, acquire this movie and watch it. Um, you'll both f fucking love it. I'm sure. Uh, the... Uh... <sighs> I don't know how to describe it. The cover, which has some kind of uh, donkey-headed emu it's, being written by some kind of uh, if um, uh, Marty the Martian were a little more badass. Okay. That creature that he's on is the actual, is, is the actual inspiration for the Tauntaun. Huh. First of all, legit. Um, the character, his name is that's Necron ninety nine. Okay. All right. Um, Necron ninety nine is a robot assassin. He looks like a robot assassin. Um. Uh, Wizards is the story of two brothers. One of which... It's just two brothers. Just two brothers. Two brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, who are mortal enemies of each other. One of them um, believes in magic, and he actually uh, maintains peace in his realm via magic. The other one has discovered... And this is like in a post-apocalyptic nuclear fallout Earth. Right. Right. Yeah, or not Earth, but world. No, yeah. I guess Earth is the right answer. But he, this brother, finds uh, his magic is actually like technology, and um, like the war, like the war machine. Um, uh, he actually like during battles, he projects like World War II propaganda footage like Nazi propaganda footage into the sky and it like makes his enemies like, like they frightened and it's, it's a fucking, it's a fucking cool movie, man. And the animation style is Bakshi's animation is like, you could put him in the same sentence as like Disney or Miyazaki for oh, like, yeah, totally like, um, legends in animation. 
I say I, I, th- I would consider him just from from the stuff that I've seen of his in general as he's the American Miyazaki, for sure. Yes, I'd say that, and it's cool because they'll actually use like um, footage from like a uh, like the movie Patton, where there's like soldiers running over a hill, and he'll take that footage and then he'll animate over the top of it, and. So it's got this really weird aesthetic to the movie. Like it's not like, but then there's also like Disney, like like 1970s Disney animation, where it's like a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's trippy as shit. Like you should probably get high and watch Wizards. That makes sense. I mean, I was in for it sober, but sure. <laughs> well, you should do that too. Um, so yeah, that's what. I, and the reason I I was I went up to Three Floyds a couple weekends ago for mm. the first time. And they have a beer called Necron 99. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why is that? Why does this beer sound familiar? And <laughs> so you Google that, it. No, and then I'm looking oh. up on the TV and I'm they're playing wizards. And I remember asking the bartender, like, is that wizards? And he's like, Yeah, dude, you're I thought you knew that. You're drinking a Necron 99. I was like, <laughs> then it was like synapse, boom, click. I got it. Like so. you were shot in the head by a robot assassin. So, so yeah, anyway. Nailed it. Uh, wizards. All right. Uh, base Lord? All right. So I have uh, been most excited about the fact that um, Disney has reopened the servers for one of my favorite games ever since they now – or not now, but since they have recently uh, come to own this little thing called Star Wars, the servers for Star Wars Battlefront 2 have been taken down for many moons now. Uh, Battlefront 2 was a fantastic game back in the day. They're getting ready to do like a remake sequel to the, the recent rendition of it, um, which looks like it's going to be fantastic. The beta is coming out this weekend, but I'm talking about the one that came out from like 2005. So if you have a computer and Steam, you can get the original Star Wars Battlefront 2 and play online on massive multiplayer games now. And it is more popular now than I ever... Like, it's a 64-person online multiplayer map where you've just got droids and clone troopers or rebels and, and Imperials flying everywhere. There's explosions, blaster fire. You're running around. You've got, you know, ships flying through the battlefield. Tanks, all sorts of crazy crap. It is amazing. So I could not be more than like could not be more ecstatic that they've opened servers back up for this and have brought this game back. So yeah, Star Wars Battlefront Two, the two thousand five game. It's I'm just fucking stoked. Fantastic. So yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. I need to play more games. You do. You really. Do. I do too. I do too. I have like every Star Wars game on the PC ever. If you guys ever want to play them, I can I can gift all of them to you. So I don't have a PC right now. You get get your shit together. Can I mean, you... I I honestly can just go. I I actually could just use Boot Camp and do could it. You go to the... Could you put it on a floppy disk for me? Uh, we'll try. I don't even have a disk drive on my computer, it might, so it might I, take a few. It might take a few floppies. Yeah, we could try for sure. I remember how cool it was 
when they went, you know, like the big, the big old floppy disks, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, like the nine inch like, suckers. Yeah, with like, with like, you'd have to put them in a the computer to play like word munchers. Mm-hmm. God, yes. How cool it was when like the, the like the four inch hard plastic ones. Yeah. yeah. It was a game changer. It was I still was. love those. I, I, uh, I don't know. It's like reading books instead of reading an audio or an ebook. There's something about the tactile feel of those giant floppies that's just really satisfying. I tried the ebook thing. I mean, like I was an early, early adopter. Sony came out with the ebook mm-hmm. or the Sony e reader, which yeah. was a very, it was like the first one that came out. And I remember one of the first things I bought when I was getting like a regular interstate battery paycheck um, was an e-reader. It was like $500. And you had to actually like, there was like the Sony store that you had to, Oh yeah. You had to like log into, and then you'd have to download the book, which took a while. And then you had to put it on your computer and then transfer it via a cable to your (laughs) e-reader. Yep. Boy, I, should have tried it before I bought it because I I, uh, I read like 13 pages of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and like I like gave it to my mom I was like here do you want do you want this because I I don't like it yeah I couldn't do the e-reader thing yeah and yeah I I will say e-readers have gotten a lot better but I still I, don't like them I'm sure they have I'm sure I mean I've read things on like I mean, I've read uh, – that's like that study in Emerald I sent you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, like I read that on my phone, and I had no problem with it. So right. I'm sure they have gotten better, but Jesus, I – I just uh, – and I'm, I'm, and I'm 100%. I'm, I am totally in for the idea that we're going to go back to um, really, really good at specific things, unitaskers with technology. I think we are too. As we go forward. Um, I still don't like an e-reader as much as I like other, as, as much as I like a physical book. And I don't think I ever will. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter how good it gets. I'm still never going to buy an e-reader. I think that's just cause you're an old man though. I am. I'm okay. just, I, well, I'm the- cantankerous incarnate. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a show title. Came all the way at the end, but we finally got there. Cantankerous incarnate. Watch wizards. Watch wizards. Watch for the plugs. Bye. <laughs> Nico here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Chap Snatter, and listen to our twats. Especially from Rob Bass, as he will keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest going on with the show. Also, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, and RedTube. The five stars. We love you. Hello, this is Sherlock Holmes. If you can't get enough Cartoon Joe, check out him. Check him out on this this freaking show podcast on uh, Saturday mornings at eleven a.m. Get on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash geekcastlive for special content, perks, and that warm, fuzzy feeling that you're doing something awesome and helping out our podcast. We wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, and we look forward to bringing you geeky content for a long time to come.